0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to Adrenaline Plus, your podcast about finding the black belts around us. This week, we find Candace Wagner, three times CrossFit Games athlete, head coach and owner of CrossFit Iron Horse, and former Marine. This episode is awesome. It talks about her story and about sports, the CrossFit Games, and her being a coach, and how her mindset has evolved over the years. It's a great one. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey everyone and welcome back to the adrenaline Plus podcast. We are super excited for our next guest. Candace Wagner is a three-times CrossFit Games athlete. She's the owner of CrossFit Iron Horse. She also was on the CMT show Broken Skull. Was a, was also an all-star there on that show and a former Marine and we're super excited to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Adrian.
0: Yeah. So, Candace and I go back like a super long time. I actually knew Candace before she even started CrossFit. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think because uh, I came in at GSX and you were doing Taekwondo upstairs. And I didn't know what That's the hell that right. was back then. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So, you, um,
0: your story is kind of incredible. Like, I was super excited to get you on the show. You have a military pass, you got into CrossFit, you made it to the games three times, which is amazing. And then from there, you um, get on this show and you have this gym in the background. Like, I'm sure like a lot of people are like, you just think you're just this athlete, right? And then you get, you have this gym you're building in the background. We want to talk about that. But let's start from the beginning. I mean, let's start like wherever you want to start. But, um, you know, did you play sports as a young kid? Did you know that you were going to the Marines? Like, where <laughs> did it start for, uh, for you, Candice?
1: Yeah, I think it actually started with my parents because when I was growing up, I was a military brat. My dad was in the Marine Corps and uh, he actually ended up retiring, but they were the perfect beings to emulate because he was deep in karate, like the real karate, you know, and he would always be training in the garage. So I'd always be exposed to that. And then my mom was like big into like Jane Fonda type aerobics. <laughs> you know, so I wasn't seeing the garage, I was seeing it inside and they were both doing their thing, you know, so I think physical activity was kind of like natural I was drawn to it
0: and mm-hmm. I've always
1: been really athletic but I ended up starting uh soccer was like my big sport I played quite a few different ones but that was the one I really stuck with and uh just really got involved with it and actually uh I got a really deep into it until my last year in high school I, I kind of fell out of love with, uh, with soccer mm-hmm. and, uh, Someone approached me like, "Hey, uh, we would like to offer you a partial scholarship for soccer at a business school." And I can't remember the name of the business school. but I was like, "No, nah, I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do with a business degree, you know? <laughs> like, know." Fast forward now, it's ironic because like I own a business, you know, <laughs> which I, I didn't. Uh, that's kind of how it all started. You know, I, I grew up with it and just you know followed their lead and, and the rest is history there.
0: I think it's super important to say that like how you grew up with sports, because we see that a lot of entrepreneurs and, and athletes, you know, especially the people that I've been interviewing, they talk about that background in their childhood, who they looked up to, who in, and it's so cool that you had your personal sports mentors at home. I mean, your dad with karate, which was so cool. Like, um, you know, I'm a little bit biased because I'm a martial artist. I've been doing it since I was four. And so I think that's super awesome that you got to see that. And then, like you said, with your mom being there, like, super cool that you grew up, they were right there. Like sometimes I feel like we have to reach out for those mentors that they were like right in your home, which is so awesome. Okay. So do you end up going to the military right out of high school or do you go to?
1: No, I actually, you know, I waited around for, I want to say two years. I was working, this was like my dark phase in my life. Right. So I, I high school, we moved from Pennsylvania to Michigan because my my dad had retired and they wanted to wait until I had gotten done with school to be nice. And uh, then we moved up to Michigan and um, I kind of floated around for two years. I was working in the restaurant business and um, kind of went into the dark place. And when I say that, like, you know, underage drinking, sneaking in the bars, doing the things you're not supposed to. And then um, I actually was a smoker. I used to smoke like a pack mm-hmm. of, half of cigarettes a day, you know? Wow. Yeah. So, um, I got to a point where I was, just, you know, I'm not around the right crowd. I was like planning to save up to go to college, and there's no way I was going to make that, you know, working mm-hmm. at. Anyway, I don't know what I was thinking. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I felt this pull to the Marine Corps because I needed discipline, mm. and uh, you know, I kind of grew up with it anyway because my dad was you know, a go getter and all that with that, and uh, just. Came home one day, set them down at the dinner table. And I'm like, hey, you know, I need to tell you something. They're like, uh, you know, thinking I'm pregnant or something. You know, <laughs> like, no, I want to join the Marine Corps, you know, they're like, whoa, you know. So I ended up going into the delayed entry program, which is basically like where recruiters that try to bring people into the service kind of get you prepared for it before you actually go to boot camp. And mm-hmm. um, finally went, I think it was a year later, and that was in January 2015. I arrived in boot camp and uh Whew, didn't know I was getting myself into other than what my dad told me but uh it was probably one of the better decisions of my life to be honest it was uh, mm-hmm. something I needed to do to have different direction in my life from the path that it was headed down right And you said what year was that, that you went in at 2000 2000- I'm sorry 20- 2005.
0: 2005 2005 Yeah,
1: <laughs> Way <off pace>.
0: yeah. <laughs> no 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 I just want to make sure so 2005 you're there you go in, and then how many years, and you know, I have to pause right there. Thank you so much for your service. Like, I think it's an incredible thing when people serve in our military. I know there are people listening from all over the world, and, and it's, um, it's a big honor. You know, what, what you did for our country is a big honor, so thank you for that. And, and so, how many years were you there?
1: Uh, I was in for five years, and uh, part of that is schooling. Once you get out, they call it the fleet. You go and you learn about your job, and um, you know, then you go out into the actual fleet and, and actually perform it. So five years and uh, I was really motivated. I uh, I was one of those ones that was like annoying almost. They call it, like, you know, if you're too motivated, like it's not, it's kind of frowned upon, which is really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I die hard about it. And then uh, I just fell out of love with it because I didn't really like my job. Mm, okay a flight equipment technician, which basically means you work on survival gear on the flight line out. And I was out on C-130s, which those are big um, cargo planes that transport. So they don't really go down that often. So there's not a Mm whole lot of like life-saving that occurs in it. So it wasn't that fulfilling for me and uh, just, you know, I needed something else by the end of that time.
0: So do you think that the military helped um, kind of structure where you wanted to go? I mean, was it, was it that time period, you said like, Oh, the job wasn't fulfilling, but it definitely gave you something. There was, you said that you were very motivated during that time. So did it spark something within you?
1: Yeah, but I think it was mostly with uh, physical fitness. So Mm. to be a Marine, you got to be really fit. And, uh, you know, I actually backtracking a little bit when I was in boot camp, I developed a really bad eating disorder and, uh, that was kind of like the snowball that actually set me up for success later because my disorder forced me to try to find a way to understand more about nutrition and health. So I started diving in deep to all these different um, books and magazines and stuff. And granted, some of it was really bad, <laughs> but mm-hmm. looking back, um, but it opened that door to me to fitness. And I recognized that I always kind of had this feeling deep down that I wanted to pursue something that I hadn't found yet. And I saw that through my dad because when he was doing the karate thing, you know, he'd always talk about Bruce Lee and I would, you know, I was fascinated with Bruce Lee because of his training was just intense. Mm -hmm. Um, That discipline I was really pulled to too. So I think that's also why I kind of joined the Marine Corps. But anyway, it it just gave me that, that lens that I was becoming more aware of what I wanted to pursue with fitness. Um, But honestly, it was mostly because I was just trying to, Survive my disorder. Mm-hmm. I was uh, diagnosed with uh, bul- bulimia, the non purging type, with uh, compulsive eating. And uh, a lot of that comes from boot camp because, especially as women, you know, you have to eat really, really fast because they're si- trying to simulate war because mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to have an opportunity to do that. Unfortunately, I've never been to war, thank gosh. But, um, you know, they're trying to prepare you for that. So you're not getting as much to fuel all the calories that you're essentially burning because you're constantly on the move, you're, you know, hiking with packs and, doing Mm. all kinds of intense, you know, endeavors. And um, I started having dreams about it and, you know, trying to eat and it just became this really big issue and it really controlled my life through my entire Marine Corps career. Um, But again, it did open that window of opportunity to start diving into the fitness realm. And um, I do think that it set me up a little bit to where I am today because it sparked that interest, but also kind of laid a foundation, because I would get up in the morning at 4 a.m. I was stationed in Okinawa for, uh, that's in Japan, for two years, Mm -hmm. and I would Mm -hmm. run six miles around the base at like 4 a.m., and in the evening, I would go home and try to burn off more calories because of my disorder, um, and do like Jane Fonda stuff in the evening. Um, you know, that wasn't healthy, and it certainly wasn't sustainable, but I do think that it definitely helped carry over into my CrossFit career later on as an athlete, because, you know, I had to build this base, especially this Mm -hmm. aerobic base, and how you you breathe, and all that, and that certainly added up, that's mileage that attributed to my success, I believe.
0: Yeah, you know, I really appreciate you telling us that part, because I think, and that is a side of athletes that is not talked about or maybe like you said like in the military it's not talked about because um you know I think as a female you know I was a female athlete for a very very long time and now I'm a high performance coach for female and male athletes but I do have a, my fair share of female athletes and it's tough I mean you the difference I feel between male and females in that kind of um what I would say high percentage module is like you are constantly um, emotionally getting drained multiple times all the time, and I feel like guys can do that like I, i've I've coached multiple guys that I feel like have been emotional, but I think guys have this different kind of mindset to overturn certain things about that, and I'm not saying that guys can't suffer from uh, any kind of eating disorders or anything like that, but you you see it more prevalent in females because there is that emotional side to us because it's um it's always a constant thing, right? I see that with with some of my taekwondo athletes at a higher level, like, it's a little more emotional than it is for the guys, you know, like, you can't, you can't differentiate that a little bit. And, 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 I, and I really just appreciate you talking about that, because sometimes people just don't even want to, they gloss over those kind of things that they've been through. And like you said, this made me kind of set me up for what it is now. You know, I, I feel like we, we talk on the show about being a, a black belt and a master and what you do. I feel like you're an SME and a coach and an athlete. And so um, you know, we talk about how belts build up and like I'm hearing the story in your beginner belts and where you started and like you took those foundational things and moved forward. So super cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Cool. So we um so we're in the military, you're out of the military or you do you get stationed in Fort Worth? Is that how you ended up
1: in Fort Worth, Texas? Yeah, yeah. so I, uh, I got orders here, and it's um, NASGRB, which is Naval Air Station, um, and it's mm-hmm. actually a reserve base, which basically means, like, um, you have a lot of people that aren't active duty that come on, although I was active duty with a lot of other Marines that were stationed there as well, um, but I got orders here, and, uh, you know, didn't like it at all. I was counting down the days to get out. Um, I did become a martial arts instructor for the Marine Corps. You um, did tell that, me that originally. Yeah, I remember that. I loved. I loved it. But it was now looking back, it's so similar to what I do now because you're literally coaching movement. But it was just in a martial arts setting versus a CrossFit setting, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and I I recognized that. I was like, man, I want to teach people how to move better. I you know I thrive on this. I got to work them out and actually put them mm-hmm. through basically CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, actually, I didn't discover CrossFit till I think my last year or so when I was in, no, actually two years prior. Um, And actually it was this guy I was going to, um, I think it was a fit for life or something like that. And I got this private trainer, you know, and personal trainer, and he put me through this grueling kick-ass workout. And it was way too much looking back. It was way overboard. (laughs) but uh, I got done. I was like beat to a pulp. And I was like, that was awesome. Like, I want to do that again. And he was telling me all about CrossFit. So I went home and I'm like, you know, YouTubing all about CrossFit and um, found like the nasty girls. And if you guys don't know that it's like the original trio of these women um, that were doing CrossFit, they're just awesome, awesome athletes. And one of them actually, she's one of my friends. I get to com- uh, compete with her on a team and grid Annie Sakamoto and mm-hmm. um, But I remember seeing this one video in particular, and it was with this gal named Eva T, one of the original Nasty Girls. And she was doing a workout that's a hero workout, which means it's really grueling. Um, And it was a, uh, it's called Nate. It was a 20-minute AMRAP. So basically, you're working out for 20 minutes trying to repeat this cycle over and over of two muscle-ups, which is like a pull-up on the rings into a dip, uh, four handstand push-ups against the wall, upside down. And then eight heavy kettlebell swings. It's basically you're swinging this large weight between your thighs and putting it overhead, right? So she's doing mm-hmm. it over and over, and I'm watching this like, wow, like that's freaking intense. Like I want to try that because remind me of that Bruce Lee thing. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. that's I thought Bruce Lee would do something like that. You know, <laughs> and uh, I actually went into GSX Athletics, which is actually the building my business occupies now, but at the time it was GSX. And I went upstairs and they had a level one certification for CrossFit and I signed up for it. I had no idea what was getting myself into and uh, got done. I think that same week I went in and like went to go sign up and I walk into our open gym area and there's these two guys in the corner and they are like doing power cleans or something. And um, they're like, Hey, you know, you want to hop in with a workout? I'm like, no, no, no. And I like left and I didn't come back for a whole year (laughs) because that was so, yeah, it was bad. So then. Fast forward 2009, I finally commit, like, I'm okay, I'm going to go in there, I think it was June or July of that year, and I finally signed up, and uh, the rest was just history, you know, I started getting really deep into, like, competing, and your buddy and my buddy, Chris Laughlin, he kind of coached me up, and, uh, yeah, just, that was, like, my number one goal after that, was like, I don't want to be in the Marine Corps, I got out in 2010, I'm like, I want to be a CrossFit gym owner, and I want to pursue this as an athlete.
0: And you really put the pedal to the metal because here we go. Um, so want to lock in a little bit about GSX and and uh, the audience doesn't know, but we, all of us back then at GSX, um, and a shout out to Jeff Tucker because he brought so many um, level ones and CrossFit uh, SME courses there. We actually hosted the regional competition there and we don't, there's so much to talk about there, but we, we'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you kind of landed in a CrossFit gym, um, that kind of had just the pe- the right people at the right time. Right. And like you said, Chris Laughlin, who is a, a buddy of ours, who is now a uh, national level weightlifting coach, which is awesome. And, um, and then you start to pursue the CrossFit games athlete, uh, Avenue. So you do that three times now for our listeners if you if you don't know what crossfit is which you probably should if you're listening to this podcast but like (laughs) it is one of the hardest feats to even make it to the games and then um you did phenomenal at the games and then you continue on from there so first year you make the games is what year so you started in the crossfit what year did you make the first games
1: um a rookie year i went in 2010 so wow so right out the gate yeah one year training and then i made it yeah
0: wow so I, I will tell you i i knew you back then um because i was working and of course i had my program there too and um and i remember about you and this is something that we can talk about as we get through the interview but you were relentless like training was just like i remember when i would see you train i was like man she's just got this fire you know like this is just like she walks in the door and it's business like you know, don't F around with Candace in her workout time or what's going on because like she is relentless in what you're doing. So it's amazing that you went that first year, but I don't doubt it because I, I remember seeing you work out back then and you just went pedal to the metal, went all the way, went to the games. How was that games experience for the first time? Can you take us through that?
1: Terrifying. <laughs> um, for once, I you know, for one, I didn't have any CrossFit experience in a competitive uh, field except I think I did one competition and it was really low-key you know it wasn't a big deal unfortunately I didn't win it but you know going out into the CrossFit Games you're actually there and I had been watching you know the, the year leading up like that was my number one goal so I remember watching um, there was a video called Every Second Counts and it was about the CrossFit Games and I would watch that every day Literally every day and get fired up, and I would see all these awesome athletes that are like you know, big, big names in the sport. So, when I finally arrived, I was like super starstruck. I was like, Holy, shit. like, oh my god, like I know them, you know, <laughs> I saw them. Like, I wasn't even focusing on my own performance, I was too busy thinking about everybody else, and it definitely showed. I didn't have the best um, performance, of course was also my rookie year I didn't know you know how to use my mind appropriately and how to prepare I didn't even bring any food to the CrossFit Games like super big mistake you know (laughs) like that's rule 101 (laughs) for an athlete you know people so I learned a lot of lessons through that but man it was uh, definitely a life-changing experience too because it just fueled the fire and like you said like I've always been really good about if I'm really passionate about something I really want to achieve a goal. I get really laser focused on it. And uh, that was just after that, I was like, that's all I want to do is just train constantly to make it back because I didn't want it to be like a one hit wonder. I wanted to be like someone that was consistent in the sport.
0: So, you know, the martial arts belts, right? So it goes, you know, white all the way to black. You're at the CrossFit Games. Where do you feel like you were in mastering what you needed to do as an athlete? Were you oh. feel like still a beginner there yeah. at the CrossFit? Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you come back from the games, um, you, you you go through the games, you come back. Do you at that point go, we're gonna do this again? And I say we because there's obviously a team of people that probably helped you at that time, or do you you kinda go, I need to think about this because that was a lot.
1: No, it was all in. All in. All in. Yeah. So I was still coaching on the side too, and I was passionate about it, but man, there was nothing that was more important to me than being the best CrossFit athlete I could be and making it back. Because, yeah. I don't know, it's just, it was, it was always been something of mine that I've always wanted to prove myself. And granted, that goes back to my childhood and some things I've been working on when you actually step back and look at things like, you know, mm-hmm. your childhood, but um, it set me up to to be the person that I am. And I feel like that's true with anything I've done, you know, like, I want to prove myself. I wanted to prove myself to make it in the Marine Corps. I want to prove myself to be the best athlete I could be and make it to the games. And um, just like now trying to prove that I can make Iron Horse the best gym I know it could be, you know, Mm -hmm. the phase I'm in, yeah. Right,
0: and I want to talk about focus because we hear this a lot from athletes, coaches, entrepreneurs. Um, you know, people that are starting their new tech business or new, new restaurant to, you know, the biggest athletes in the world, you know, some of the Olympians and world champions of the world. Tell us on your perspective, what focus does? Like, I mean, we can say all day long, focus, 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 focus. I was late, you know, whatever, but kind of give your perspective on that because you are a coach now, um, you're coaching athletes, and then you were a major athlete back then. So what what is your perspective on focus?
1: I think focus is often misinterpreted. And what I mean by that is it's easy to focus on something, but also have doubt. Right. You Mm -hmm. have to have this like really deep, like just belief in yourself that you're going to accomplish what your vision is. So you have to have that vision. You have to know your why you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing and just Know with certainty that if you take the steps in the right direction, you're going to get there and then you're just focused on doing the tasks to get you to that place, like having that strategy to set you up for that success. And granted the outcome isn't always exactly how we envision it, but I think that's the best way to go about it, to truly set yourself up for the best opportunity, or at least, you know, as close to it as you could possibly get. Now it doesn't always mm-hmm. work out, but at least you're giving it your all and the rest kind of shakes out on its own.
0: Yeah, I, I like that you said strategy, because I feel like strategy is a big component of focus, um, and and you're 100% right, you know, it's it's about that plan of action, right, I mean, I think a lot, what, what, you know, a lot of people go, oh, I'm going to focus on something, and it's like, hey, have you done step one in the last year, and they're like, "Uh, you know, I don't know yet, you know, but yeah, awesome perspective. So we, we finish the games, you're set on going, and you make it the next year again is that correct yeah
1: what's what's cool about you know looking back what's cool about everything is I feel like I lived each scenario scenario so like you know I 2011 I missed it and I went Mm -hmm. through that phase that I hear about now from a lot of athletes where they make the games and then they have this year that follows and if they don't focus their mindset and they let it run away they get all this doubt like I shouldn't have made it I don't know how I did, I'm not worthy, I went through that phase and I think I got fifth at regionals and I didn't make it. Um, But what happened there was it only added more fuel to the fire because it was like, Mm -hmm. I did not like how I feel falling short. And it was just Mm -hmm. more um, reason to prove myself again that I could accomplish it again.
0: So if regionals, if I remember correctly, during that time period, regionals, the top four went and then you, placement was that correct that year or do you remember how it went I think did it you top three top three okay so you were very close to making it but just yeah. shy yeah mm-hmm. okay and so the fuel is going you're obviously gaining a lot of knowledge on how to be an athlete during this time because like you said you went to the games the first time of a rookie year things didn't really pan out you, you fast forward and then you make the games again and tell us about the second time so here you are this is the second go around. I'm starting to feel like I'm on the edge of my seat here. Is this a good year?
1: <laughs> um, no, it wasn't again. It took okay. a long time for me to clean up the upstairs. And I, okay. I mean that. like that is a huge factor. Um, with any athlete, you can be the best athlete you can possibly be, but if you're, in, if you're not in a good place mentally, it's, you're going to fall short. So, you know, yes, I made it. I I can't, I had that comeback, you know, I was the underdog. I came back and got back into it. And I think I got second at regionals that year um, and fought so hard for that spot, which was awesome. And uh, went there, same thing, super starstruck, you know, just, but I was better prepared. I had a coach, you know, and I was fueling properly, but it still, it just wasn't, um, an ideal circumstance, you know. I just mm-hmm. had the the confidence. Still, I still had a lot of weaknesses. I hadn't um, accelerated to a level I felt were appropriate at that time to, mm-hmm. to really shine out there.
0: Okay. And then, so you go to the games. Do you did you perform um, some of the stuff like you wanted to? Do you feel like that was a at least a, a better performance in your mind during that time?
1: Yeah, because uh, we got really lucky for, in my opinion, because, uh, and it's kind of a cool story, so one of the first events we had was a sprint triathlon, and I was like, I hate swimming. I am not a good swimmer. I sink like a rock, but I had been <laughs> looking for it, you know, and uh they announced the first event and they're like, Hey, we're going to bust you guys out to camp Pendleton base. And I'm like, Holy crap. That's why I was born on the Marine Corps base, you know, uh-huh. and my dad, you know, and I are talking, he's like, those are my old stomping grounds, you know, and he went up the, the same mountain. We went up that, that same, you know, that weekend that we went up there. And so that was really cool for me because I was like, no matter what happens, like I'm in my dad's footsteps, like how cool is this? You know, and we've kind of super had out- cool. Too, yeah. Um, but that experience was really cool because at the very end, and anybody that knows CrossFit probably knows the name Annie daughter. But man, I start off that weekend so good because I beat her on the final stretch. I sprinted past her, and no one knew it because they weren't videoing it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah. but um, but that was super motivating for me because it was like, I don't care how I perform the rest of the weekend. I just beat Annie Thorisdottir in a freaking workout and I was pumped up and exhausted beyond means. But man, it was so cool just to have that experience based on my dad and to do something they hadn't done before and then on top of it, you know, go out with a bang on the, the final stretch. So that was cool. No, I, I
0: really like that you picked apart that performance because with athletes, um, we I often talk about that and I have colleagues that talk about that in other sports, you know, whether I have a jujitsu uh buddy who's always talking about um, you know, the process, and we, we, we often talk about that, right, and that was a process for you, like you said, like, it was a milestone, you beat her, and that was just huge in your book, you know, and that's, that's what an athlete is, that's what it's about, is the journey, right, it's just those little things, like, as you're, as you're climbing that mountain to success, I always feel like those small, you know, portions of their mountain are so important, they are, you know, people look over that crap, and it's just, that's, it's not, um, all about just racing to the top. It's what? How did you get there? And and that's, it's so important to hear that part of your story because um, if you don't know who that is, go Google it because she is ultimate boss and <laughs> crossed it right. So um, super super cool. So that was a uh, games visit two. We go on to games visit three, and um, tell us a little bit about that one.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, well, first I should start by backtracking a little bit because. Um, yeah, I made it in 2012, and 2013 and 14 is still – that was my number one goal. I wanted to make it back. Um, in 2013, I actually went to regionals, and the last event of the weekend, we were, like, sitting on the cusp for top three, and I got fourth place, and I tied – t- well, I, I got the tiebreaker too, which basically means if I – would have been one point more. I would have made third place and beat someone else that was tied with me in fourth. But I didn't. Right. So I missed it. I was devastated. 2014 rolls around. I'm going after again. I had one of my best performances in competition, but it just wasn't enough. I think I got eighth or seventh or something. And then I took the year off in 2015. It was like I, I'm, I'm burnt out I don't want to do this anymore. So long story short, I uh, I'll have to come back to 2016 because that was probably one of the best years of my life. But um. I just went into this different place in my training after that year off. I was like, I just want to have fun. I don't want to put any like, you know, pressure on myself. I um, was training pretty hard and just through having fun ended up qualifying for the Games. And that year was my best performance at the Games ever. I was truly in a better place mindset wise and just felt a lot better and much more well-rounded had a professional coach, like all the things you should when you're actually going out to the big show, so.
0: That's awesome, and so look at that time span, I mean, for the listeners out there, it takes time, it just does, I mean, we're listening to Candice's story, and, um, you know, even though that you made it to the games on that rookie year, um, to get where you wanted personally, which I think that is so important, like personal happiness, right, like personal, like how you feel proud of you, and um, just talking to the listeners about that, like it just takes time sometimes. I mean, I remember personally, I had won some big major meets, like some, some major things. Um, you know, we're talking state, national, international medals. I can remember the one that meant the most to me was the one that I prepared the way that I knew how to prepare for. And it's, it's so crazy. In 2002, I won the U.S. Open, which, you know, for any sport is, is a big international Open, U.S. Open for tennis or whatnot. So U.S. Open for Taekwondo. It was five matches, and I'll never forget that because it wasn't about the medal. It was never about the medals for me. Were the medals great? Yeah, they were great, but it was really about the process and how I was so proud of myself, and that I hear that with you and that, and you know, just kind of bouncing that off of you, I just want to share that with the listeners too, but it just takes time. It does, and it takes, it takes uh, you getting to where you're proud of you, You know, and, and that's what I hear, and I, I think that's awesome to hear that from you um, so we're at the games, you have this performance, this is, this is games, um, appearance three, right, yeah, and, and so, are, can you remember that weekend pretty well, or do you just feel like you just had a great time, like, was it just, you, you were in the moment,
1: I mean, placing wise, (laughs) I mean, I got 29th in the world, like, it's not a huge deal, right, but, where I was mentally and all that was a lot more advanced than I'd ever experienced before and um, what I did have one moment though I had a, a little weakness moment because um, the first event was a 7k trail run which is right up my wheelhouse um, it was like in the old stomping grounds of um, uh, in Aromas which is where the CrossFit games actually started and where I actually saw every second counts competitors on that video so. <laughs> That was real cool, and then we had a one rep max deadlift, which is my favorite lift. It's my strongest one, and I came out of the first two events in first place in the world, and we had one more event that day, and I freaked out (laughs) because I remember (laughs) standing in line before they walked us out for that event, that third event of the day, and I was sitting in the middle. I didn't have a leader shirt on or nothing yet because it was so new or in uh, the very beginning of the competition, but man, those girls were cutthroat. Like, they were they were like, you could feel the vibe, like they were like, oh, I'm taking her out, you know, (laughs) because they're so, they're so focused on winning, you know, and I wasn't quite there, I was just really excited to be there, and just do my best, and have fun, that was my Mm -hmm. focus, right, Mm -hmm. I was very happy to be able to do that, but man, I I remember feeling that, and kind of going back to old patterns, like, oh no, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was a great weekend, though, and a, you know, one of the best experiences of my life by far. I remember um, one of the final events before we went down into the stadium, it was under the lights, you know, I couldn't wait to do that again. And uh, there was this other competitor, named uh, Jamie Haigia. She's like, you know, I'm a little nervous or something. I'm like, I'm like, take it all in because you don't know if you're ever going to come back here. And then ironically, you know, they don't have them in uh, Carson anymore. They do it out mm-hmm. in Madison and it's just a totally different venue. And it's just, it's not the same, you know, mm-hmm. But and I took it all in. I didn't care if I came in last. I was like, I'm at the CrossFit Games again. You know, I'm old now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so no,
0: like, stellar advice, stellar advice to take it all in because you're right. Like, you know, you just never know what's going to happen or if you're going to return. And um, I love to watch these uh, CrossFit athletes throughout the years. You know, some of them that we saw you know, let's go back to those GSX days, you know, they were at GSX here, you know, and, and uh, training or they're, they're moving forward through their careers. and it was, It's been really cool to watch, um, like all of the documentaries and the YouTube stuff, or even on CrossFit.com, you know. Um, but, uh, but like you said, great moment just to take it all in. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So at that point, were you coaching? Still? Yeah, or uh, Yes, you were.
1: Yeah, I was coaching from the very beginning. But again, it wasn't, unfortunately it wasn't my number one priority like it is now like i love mm-hmm. it i'm trying to make iron horse you know as a business the best that it can be but back then that was not first place at all it was um it was definitely something i was passionate about but uh, nothing like like i was as an athlete like trying to be an athlete yeah and what
0: year did you start
1: crossfit iron horse what year was that established that Actually, we're going on 10 years here in November, um, but that was started by two different people, or three different guys, and I came on in 2012, so I was coaching 2012. In with Iron Horse, uh, but I didn't actually come in as an owner until 2012, um, and even then, I was still, you know, I was still trying to be a great coach, but man, I just, I wanted to make it back to the CrossFit Games, that's all I really, mm-hmm. really wanted, So, so. So,
0: you're at the Games, you finish that Games out. Um, CrossFit is really popular at that point. I mean, it's really starting to get some traction. And and I know it was popular for us that knew it back then, but like I'm talking like mainstream, like TV, like we're seeing it everywhere, right? And then um, when do you get this um invite or call, or how did it happen to go on CMT? I remember <laughs> seeing you post about this. I was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna be on a reality TV show for CrossFit. So, um, so where, where did that happen? And, and can you take the listeners through like you becoming a reality star on uh, CMT? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So actually, you know, through CrossFit, I've had a lot of great opportunities to meet some really awesome people. Um, and one of which was through grid, which was a professional sport I was doing for a little bit. And on my team, I got introduced to Sam Dancer. So if you guys don't know Sam Dancer, look into him. He's one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Um, him and a whole bunch of incredible athletes for CrossFit, and uh, him and his wife Jen, they actually went on the show. And then I think they recommended me because I got this little Facebook invite from this guy that was, you know, from the actual CMT people or whatever. And he's like, "Hey, you know, would you be interested in trying out for this?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, you know." And I look into <laughs> it, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I have no idea what to get myself into because it was crazy to watch. I would watch it and my hands would be all like." clammy and sweaty and just like super worked up, you know, and uh, but I committed to trying it and uh, I went through the whole interview process, which was very extensive, um, multiple interviews. Um, and when I got the call to go out, I honestly almost didn't go. I was terrified to go on the show. And uh, the first time I did, um, I won. I won the, uh, the first one and I ended up winning five episodes and I got knocked off on the 6 one, which was by this badass named Cassidy. She, she took me out. She was a professional uh, Spartan racer, obstacle mm. racer. Um, but then I ended up getting another opportunity to go back because they did an all-star episode. And that was the, the big one. I'm most proud because the first time I went, um, I had like a little hiccup on the course. And I wasn't super stoked about that, you know. And then when I got another opportunity... I, I had a flawless performance and I won it and I won the all-star. So it was like the best of the best, you know, I was so excited. It was one of the best opportunities in my life. And meeting Steve Austin was just like cherry on top. You know, he's a cool dude.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. Like you said, it afforded you so many opportunities. So if you guys um, are looking up Candace, you know, you can Google CMT uh, and Google the show and her all-star performance. And I, I believe I saw a couple of clips. They're still on YouTube and kind of circling around. So that's super cool. I have to tell you a funny story about that. Yeah. So, um, I was getting my haircut and my, I don't, I know, like I'd been getting my haircut from this lady for a long time. And I know we had talked about like me being a coach and I was traveling and remind me what year that was that you did the first show. 2016, uh, 2016. I, that's what I was going to say. I wanted to make sure it was going to correlate. So in 2015, i started doing, um, team USA stuff so I was like going to the Olympic training center and I was doing the athlete development camp so she we would always talk about my travel okay and so in twenty, six, yeah I think it was 2016 I came in for a haircut and she starts asking me these questions about fitness right and she's like have you ever heard of CrossFit have you ever heard of like the show I watch on CMT and she goes and I just love man did you know this lady she's from our hometown and remind you I am enthralled with traveling taekwondo training athletes like I'm not for anybody that really knows me personally, I don't watch TV. So I'm like, huh? Like I didn't even, and yeah, we probably kept up with each other on like Facebook and IG, but I wasn't like watching everything that you were doing, you know? And I'm like, I go, she's from Fort Worth, you know? And I'm trying to like rack my brain. She's like, I know you know her, you're in the, she just is thinking, she's cutting my hair. And she's just thinking like all of fitness is together, right? Like you're a coach or whatever. So I go um do you remember her name and she goes yeah her first name's Candace and I go oh yeah I know her and I'm <laughs> like she's just like can you call her and get her autograph and you know she's just whatever and I'm thinking let me see what's going on with this show right so I look it up and I was like holy smokes like Candace is on CMT you know and I was just like oh yeah I know her you know so funny story you know she's cutting my hair and she's just it it, it, it was just awesome because I wasn't keeping up too much with what was going on. And it was so cool to hear someone that didn't even know. And I want to tell you this to finish off the story because you inspired her to do fitness. You inspired her to change her life and you inspired her to, she started walking with her daughters. She started going to the gym, start whatever. And I just think that that's what life is about, right? Like you, you, you far away filming this show, but you know, hometown hero here in the Dallas fourth area, but you inspired her to do that. So I had uh, been traveling I came back for a couple months and she was like yeah you know I I just thought that she was just so cool and she starts showing me all the pictures so I was like you've lost some weight you look fit you know and so I just had to tell you that I don't think I've ever told you that story so that's um,
1: That's super motivating yeah super cool super cool okay um
0: so we're on the show and then you do the all-star you win that which is super cool when you come back are you done at that point
1: competing do you know you're done um no actually I uh I ended up qualifying for regionals again and this was the best shape of my life even when I was uh, at the games 2016 um, I stayed with my coach his name was Mike Lee from OPEX and uh ended up going back to regionals best shape of my life Um, I think I got eighth but even then I was super happy because I just wanted to be top 10 that year I didn't have the time to actually train for the games if I had qualified, because if, if you never experienced or seen someone going through that, it is a full-time job training for the CrossFit Games, because it's not enough just to make it, like <laughs> everything is put on hold at that point. It's a total sacrifice. You're you know, having to give up all kinds of quality time with the people you love, and just it's you know super focused work. So I didn't have time for that. So it actually worked out, but um, I wanted to officially kind of retire. <laughs> And uh, 2018, our team actually qualified for Iron Horse, And I was like, oh, well, I got to go do this, you know, like. Of course. So reluctant, but I was like, okay, these old bones can still do it, you know. And um, <laughs> that was really cool to finally experience that, too, because that was, that was always something I wanted to, to kind of have an opportunity to do, too. So it worked out really well.
0: So I misspoke earlier. You have had four games exp- uh, experiences, no, right?
1: Just no, three. That was Just three. Reasonable.
0: That yeah. was regionals. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so three, so you do the team, and then so that's really only just a few years ago. I mean, yeah. you really, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so then you do the team event, and then at that point, I can kind of see where this is going. You're starting to really get into the coaching because I can. But that's where things start to transition, right?
1: Yeah. Well. It actually kind of started in 2017 um, as okay. I was really trying to get out the door with it. I didn't want to do it anymore because my focus became Iron Horse as a business. I wanted mm-hmm. to turn that place around and um, my partner and at the time had some conversations and we didn't get along very well and I was trying to buy him out and I had two mm-hmm. partners. One was absent, but um, so that whole legal battle kind of started and it went on for a while and um, a lot of that, came from, I remember walking up to the building at Iron Worst and I, you know, I'd already accomplished so much in my competitive career, you know, I I felt fulfilled finally, and I was just, the mileage was adding up too on top of it all, (laughs) so I was like, you know, I don't feel proud of this place right now, and I didn't have all the control to make it what I knew knew it could be, right, so going through this, I got married, um, and a lot of hardship kind of occurred in my life, um, we're trying to go through this legal battle and the uh, January 2018, you know, as we're training for, you know, the open and the regionals and all the stuff that's going to come. Um, I lost a nephew. Um, he was a month and a half out from his due date. His heart stopped beating and that like mm-hmm. kind of like was the snowball that. I, I just was a really hard year. Um, I know everybody goes through hardship, but it was just like one thing after the other and another. And um, my marriage was getting really challenging because we we're both very depressed. We had a lot going on. Um, the business at the time wasn't in a very good place. Um, there was a lot of fear and uncertainty. And then, you know, fast forward to the year, I think um, I ended up losing my grandfather. My dad had a heart attack, and um, just a lot happened. And it was just constant. And then at the end of that year, you know, we're so close to finally getting control of the gym and 100% ownership. And uh, my spouse and I at the time, we had this goal that we always wanted to go see the world every year we're going to travel internationally. So we booked this trip to Ireland. And about two or three days into Ireland, I found something now that flipped my world upside down. And when I came back, um, I was all alone and I remember, you know, I just got control of the gym literally. So this was the end of September, October 30th. I get sole ownership of the gym and I had this vision for years of what I wanted Iron Horse to become. And I remember sharing it with all the members in a town hall that we had, um, And once I was in that position, we were planning for February to do this new rebrand, to reveal the new logo. And this is Coach Candice's gym. And when I got back, I didn't have any energy. I couldn't sleep when I was in Ireland after I found out what happened. Um, I couldn't eat. I came back and I remember coaching my 4.30 class and I had dropped 12 pounds in a week. And my class, they're all looking at me and I ended up getting all these like phone calls and texts because they're all concerned. And backtracking in 2017, like when I was trying to like start the rebrand, I remember getting on our Facebook page and I was like, you know, I want to say that we're a community first. And at the time I didn't believe that, but like fast forwarded, you know, 2018, this all happens. I'm standing alone in my kitchen and I get a text message from one of my buddies, who's one of the longest standing members at Iron Horse, Taylor Cole. And uh, I just started crying because it just hit me like a ton of bricks because I realized that's what community first is because it doesn't matter how disciplined you are, what your past is with fitness, you can very easily slip off your game and you need a support system that's going to pick you up and help you get back on your feet. And that's what they did for me. So going into February, I didn't know if I wanted to do it. I wanted to pull, you know, pull out of this whole rebrand and we ended up getting the strength to go through with it. The staff was just incredible. And we pull it off and like, honestly, we weren't prepared for the amount of people we had come in. It was huge success, huge success. And, uh, (laughs) you know, then fast forward probably a month and a half later, COVID-19 happens, you know, then we got all this drama with CrossFit where the CEO kind of ticks everybody off and we disaffiliated to, you know, voice our opinion about all this. And then we rebranded back to CrossFit Iron Horse because they got rid of the, the, the former CEO and, um, now I feel like we're finally getting that momentum going for us. So you know I don't have any doubt in my mind that Iron Horse is going to become the vision that I see because I've already pulled that off and I know I can continue doing it over and over and over. But now my main focus is not just making it the best gym, but giving each member in there an opportunity to learn through my experience and through the experience and guidance of our staff that they can really find self-sufficiency and live longer, happier, healthier lives. If they just do the things that they know they need to do. And I I'm like you, I believe in progression. I think Mm -hmm. you don't just get from point A to point B there's so much that happens in between. You have to hit these little milestones. You have to ingrain these daily habits over and over and keep layering on more and more and more until you can get to that point. And then one day you look back and you're like, Holy crap, like I made it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to do for our members. And, you know, back when I was competing, I I couldn't do that. You know, I could do the bare minimum, but now's the time. So that's what my main focus is right now.
0: Amazing. Like you're, it is great to hear about your community and the culture that's there. And like you said, like, you know, that you got to lean on it, which the frame of it was tight. I mean, it was, it was like you, you got to lean on people as you're rebranding this and, um, what an awesome story I mean I know that your gym has been successful it's going to continue to be successful and they're very lucky to have you and that staff there because that is what it is about that community you are leading this community you're leading the community with your staff and um and it, it almost kind of and we talk about this a lot with coaches when it comes to culture and community but it it almost becomes this thing outside of fitness or outside of martial arts or outside of barbershop that just started up like it's that feeling right when you walk in the door that person that like maybe you don't know them too well but we're here together we're here in, in in this together right and um there's just so much awesomeness in that you know so congratulations to you i mean like you said it's it's been a long time and it's been a lot of years but you know you're here to the next phase i guess is what you could say of, of cross the iron horse right
1: exactly yeah yeah awesome my personal journey too (laughs) you know not an athlete anymore i'm trying to be a a guide and a leader for all of my members because i love them and they're incredible for
0: sure yeah for sure so
1: as we um are closing out we have i have a
0: few questions for you because obviously COVID is on the table right now you know a lot of our interviews have been talking about that stuff uh what advice do you have for anyone out there running um, a CrossFit, a strength conditioning gym, um, kind of in the same field that you're in there, uh, any advice as we're moving forward through COVID, I should say, we're not (laughs) out of the weeds yet here, so, um, anything that you want to pass on to anyone that's kind of in the same realm as you?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you can learn a lot of things through feedback, Um, You know, you got to have those conversations. You have to have an open door policy with all your members or whoever you're giving value to. And as long as you're constantly going above and beyond and giving more than you expect to get in return, you're going to see that payoff and you're going to see that momentum. And they're going to know that deep down you really, really care about them. And because when they know when you care about them, you take those extra precautions, especially in a COVID environment. They recognize that, they appreciate it, and they're going to be there for you no matter what.
0: Awesome advice. Candice, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Lots of gold nuggets for all of the athletes and coaches out there. Um, We wish you all the success in CrossFit Iron Horse. And if you were in Fort Worth, Texas, drop by Candice's gym um, at CrossFit Iron Horse and can they find you on social somewhere where would you like to plug those social things
1: yeah you can go to cfironhorse or you can go to my personal page is Wagner underscore 21 awesome thank you so much candace thanks for having me adrian bye
0: bye